0: so incredible to honor our graduates uh today pray for them as they're in this season right now i I think your last day was friday right man judah had a hard time finishing up the last few days just did not want (laughs) to go not because it was hard just didn't want to go you know it's like if we're done let's be done but you got to finish and now the rest of the kids got to go for what three half days hanging there mom and dad we're going to get through this amen you have a Bible today, I want you to go to the book of 1 Samuel, and um, you know, I had put together a message for today in our series, Redefined, and I really wanted to make sure that we stayed on track with that series, but there was, there was a message just like nagging at me for the last few days, and finally this morning I surrendered and said, okay, I'll preach that. And so I want us to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if you're unfamiliar with the story, this is actually the story of David and Goliath. And uh, for those of you who are seniors who thought the preacher's struggling and couldn't come up with anything, so he had to lean back on David and Goliath, uh, that is not the case. But you think that if you want to, okay? 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 through 40. This is probably part of the story. That gets overlooked and I have learned not to overlook different things in the Bible especially in the stories that are familiar to us and today I share this partially for our seniors in here but I share this for us because we know the story of life and how it works we lived long enough to know you got to get a J-O-B am I right and you got to figure out where you're gonna live and how you're gonna pay for it And you gotta make good decisions. We know how the story of life is supposed to go. But sometimes, most of the time, all the time, you got to take a closer look because there's some details in the story of life that makes all the difference. And in this story of David and Goliath, there's some details in there that makes a difference. But because we're so schooled in this story, sometimes we miss out on some things that actually made the story what the story is. And for every person in here, whether you're graduating from high school or you have already graduated or you hope to one day graduate, there's parts of the story that you're realizing, but there's part of your story you don't even know yet. In fact, you think that the limitation of your story is what you come up with. But I just want you to know today that you're not the one who holds the pen. The father is the author and the finisher. He's writing a story, and it's our job to recognize what he's writing because it's way better than what you can ever come up with. I promise that. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34, it says, But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and attacked it and rescued the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I seized it, listen to this, by its whiskers. Come on, man. And struck and killed it. Don't mean to be so graphic early on in the message, but as a dude, that fires me up a little bit. I have to be honest. Grabbed it by the whiskers. I could do it. All right, let's keep reading. Don't want to lose the crowd. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. It's kind of what it feels like as a parent just what we did with Kevin and Michelle. We laid hands on them and go. May the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head and put a coat of male armor on him. Then David fastened his sword over his armor and tried to walk, but he could not because he was not used to them. See, a lot of you didn't know this part of the story because you know that David killed Goliath with a slingshot and a rock. But you didn't know that there was an attempt to make him wear some armor to go out there. That's why it's important to look at the details. Look what this, as we keep reading, look what this says. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these. And that was the part over the last few days that keeps grabbing my attention. I cannot go with these because I am not used to them. So David took them off. Then he took his shepherd's staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones out of the stream bed and put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had, that is, in his shepherd's pouch. With his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. And the rest of the story is he slung a rocket. The guy hit him in the head, knocked him down, picked up Goliath's sword, cut his head off, and they won the battle. That's the rest of the story for those who didn't know. Let's pray and we'll jump in. Father, thank you for this day. Such a beautiful day to be able to honor people that are stepping into your purpose, to honor students that are stepping into the next season of their lives. And Father, I believe in the midst of honoring them, there's something that you want to say. I just pray over the next few minutes, God, you use me to be a voice, to speak faith, to speak hope, to speak life in every person. Father, not just these seniors, but every person, let us all hear what you wanna say. Let us be challenged, let us be changed. But most of all, God, let us go forward with what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, Before we jump into some things that I wanna share in this message, I got a video I wanna show you to set up some things in this. So take a moment right here, I'll pull this out the way. And take a look. This is the video from when Judah was in middle school. Yeah, he was in middle school. Hey, play it again. Yeah. Just because it's my son and I like seeing yeah, yeah. 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 You see five right there. That's my boy, anyway. uh, (laughs) The reason why I wanted to show you that video today is to brag on my son a little bit. No, that's not really why, but I figured we would do it anyway. Um, I I wanted to show you what Cynthia's like at ball games. (laughs) I was looking for another video uh, that when Elijah played City League football years ago, they lined him up in the Wildcat. Yeah, and they snapped the ball to him, and Elijah went, over to, uh, went around the left side and took it to the house and uh, scored a touchdown. And I wanted you to hear the video of Cynthia losing her mind <laughs> the entire video. I mean, just how many of y'all got somebody like that in your family? That just, they just, if it's on the video, how many you are that person? Uh, yep, yeah, the usual suspects right there. Yes, you are. No, but there was, there was one part in that video that there was a line that, that, that we're going to entitle the message today. And, uh, you can hear the people in the background saying, way to go, Judah, way to go. And that's what I want to title the message today is way to go, way to go. So I told you a few minutes ago that I graduated from high school 30 years ago and, uh, Man, when you graduate high school, you feel like a boss. You do, man. You feel like, let's go, let's do this. I'm an adult now. No one's telling me what to do. I could stay up late. I could stay out late. I could do what I want. Or so we thought. Am I right? (laughs) Um, When you graduate, though, there's a lot of input that people try to give you about what you should do with your life, and if you tell them what you're going to do, they tell you the way that you ought to do it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Hey, one of the things I've told young people for years is when people ask you what you're going to do with your life, never tell them I don't know. Because the I don't know that you give them is an invitation for them to tell you all the things that you need to do. And so just a heads up on that. I I want to keep that teaching going a little bit. Um, But I've found there's always someone to tell you what you ought to do with your life. You get married at your wedding ceremony. Someone's coming up to do, to tell you what you should do with your marriage and with your life. You have a child. Heck, just get pregnant with a child. And everyone tells you what you ought to do and the way you need to do it. Am I right? All the things, there's always someone that is trying to tell you the way that you need to do something. And we look at this story of David and Goliath as probably one of the most popular stories uh, in the Bible. And today we're looking at the events that led up to the battle. And David is a young man and his life is about to take off. And so today I want to use this story as a backdrop to preach a message entitled Way to Go. Way to Go. Now right now there's a lot of celebrating with our seniors, a lot of celebrating people, and usually whenever we celebrate them, we'll say something like, way to go. Yeah. And what we mean is, good job, you're doing something right because you got to where you are. Come on, you, you graduate from high school, you must have done something right because you're actually finishing, and now you get to move on to the next season um, of your life. But one of the big decisions that people struggle with in their lives, no matter what age they are, by the way, is what am I going to do with my life? And uh, most people think that's just something that young people deal with. But I want you to know I know grown adults that have kids that are trying to figure out what to do with their life, that they're still trying to figure out what to do with their life. Can I hear an amen from somebody? And there's what to do, and then there's how you do what you're going to do. And so much of our direction in life is influenced by our ambition. And that's not a bad thing, but I want you to know it can be a bad thing because a lot of people have more ambition than discipline. Amen. And so they get fired up about what they're going to do. And we all have that friend that told us what they were going to do. And now they're still back in our hometown trying to produce a, a rap album for the last 30 years since high school. Am I right? There's still that guy that said all the things he was going to do, and he's still trying to be a rapper, and he's like 50 years old. And so it's like, dude, quit. Um, Sometimes our influence, sometimes our direction can be influenced by money, right? And money's important, but it's not everything. I felt like I needed to say that. Sometimes our uh, direction in life is influenced by a honey. You heard what I said there. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's a honey. Where we're making decisions based off of a person because we're just so, like, infatuated with them. If you're a young person making decisions based off of a, 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 another person, like a honey, a girl that you like or a guy that you like, can I tell you, don't do that. Anyway, I, I told you we wasn't going to do that back here, back there in the back after church, but I'm going to do it up here because That's wise. Don't let her or him direct your steps. Let the Lord direct your steps. Amen. 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 But then, this is the hardest one right here. This is the hardest one. Sometimes we just do what everyone else is doing. That's the hardest one. Never stopping to think what we should be doing. There's such a need to fit in with everybody else, to, to not look like you're not one of them because it just feels like everybody who's doing all those things that everybody else is doing is actually going to be successful because evidently they have the secrets and so we really need to make sure we're just like all of them but this story of David and Goliath became very defining for David but I want you to think about how he got there And I want to set the stage for you a little bit in this story, because even though we're familiar with it, there was a lot that was going on. David showed up to deliver some goods from his father for his brothers who were in this army that were supposed to be fighting against the Philistines. But no one was willing to go out and fight. Everyone was doing the same thing that everyone was doing at the battle line. Everyone was doing the same thing. I'm just doing what they do. If they're not going, I'm not going. If they go, I'll go. But I'm not going if they're not going. And this is a trap. This is a trap for people. In fact, it happened to you in school, and now it's happening to you at work. It happened to you in school, and now it's happened to you with your friend group and with the, the people that you're trying to surround yourself with. It, and it's not just immaturity. It, it is this need that we have to be included, to fit in, to, to make sure that we're not the one that looks like they're not going in the same direction as everyone else. And David shows up on this scene, and actually he's just showing up to bring something. But he left with so much more than what he brought. Here's the first thing. We're going to talk about the way to go. The way to go today, number one, you got to go with God's purpose. You've got to go with God's purpose. And I want to say it like this. The Father has an assignment for you. If you graduated in 1993... God's got an assignment for you. If you graduate in 2013, God's got an assignment. If you graduated in 03, somebody in here graduated in 03, God's got an assignment for you. If you're graduating in 2023, God's got an assignment for you. Do you believe that today? So David, his father sent him to deliver food to his brothers on the battlefront. And he thought, I'll just go and deliver the food. But God brought him there for a greater purpose. Now, there's a lot of things that you and I do because we've got to do them. But God may have purpose built into some of the things that you actually have to do. Come on now. So like a lot of people, they go to college for an education. You thought I was just going for an education. You have no clue what God may have tucked inside of your college experience that's for your life. You may go to work every day just think, I just got to punch the clock, get in and get out and carry on my life. You have no clue the possible purpose that God may be sliding right into your workplace with you. You may be a part of a team and just thought, we just play ball. We are all ball players. That's all we do. But you may not realize that God put you there not just to play ball, but there is a purpose that he put you right there. In fact, there is a purpose that God put some of those people in your life. Yeah. Even some of the ones that drive you crazy. I want you to feel the emotion as I say this, as I shake my hands, because we all have those people. Amen. Can I get an Amen. amen. Don't look at your neighbor and tell him you're one of them people. Don't tell him that. God, he likes to bring some purpose into our lives. And wherever you decide to go, it doesn't matter what age or stage you're in in your life, make a determination that wherever I go, I'm going to bring God's purpose with me. Amen. As you make your plans, understand I can make my plans, but God's purpose is going to prevail. And can I just tell you, God doesn't leave you alone about it. You can run, but you can't hide. Because he's got a purpose for you. And chances are, there are pieces that you didn't even account for yet that he's actually putting together all because he's got a plan. And I just think of it like this. If God led you to the place that you work, if God brought you To the school that you're going to. If God led you to that group of people. He has a purpose for you right there. Amen. He's got a purpose for you right there. Uh, Kevin and Michelle. God's got a purpose for you. That's why you're going. It's not just for fun. Because none of this process is fun. It's hard. But you go because there is purpose. People when they give their life for purpose. It changes everything. What are you giving your life for? what are you living your life for? As a parent, think of this. What is your purpose that you're living for? And you will say, my kids, you better get it bigger than that. Because the example that you want to pass on to them is you want to help them to see that there is a way to do something significant in life and not just make it through high school and get the kids through college and then bring them grandbabies to me. There's so much more to it. Amen. Amen. There's so much more to it. God has plans for our lives. And I just feel like sometimes we're settling and we're missing out on the opportunities that God has given us. And David, he's just doing what his daddy told him to do. Bring the food to your brothers on the battle line. Yes, sir. I'm gonna do what you tell me to do. He didn't realize that when he showed up, there was a, there was something waiting on him there was something waiting on him here's the second thing that i want to that i want to encourage you today on the way to go the way to go number 1 go with god's purpose but number 2 go conquer your giants go conquer your giants because you're going to have some you've heard people say just go with it but i want to say go for it go for it because there's giants that you're going to face and that you will have to conquer to become who God wants you to be. And I want to say that again because I feel like y'all are looking at me like this is one of those graduation motivational speeches right now. But I've got a feeling that this is for a lot more adults than this is for kids. There are some giants that you have to defeat and some things that you have to overcome in order to become the person that God wants you to be. And a lot of us, We're still fighting that giant from years and years ago. And some of us are running from that giant and acting like he doesn't exist. But the giant is there. And God has given you what you need to take him down. Amen. And listen, young people, take him down now. Take it down now. If it's a fear thing, take it down now. Don't wait till you're 42, got three kids, a wife, and got a house and all that stuff to deal with, and you got a yard to cut. Deal with it now. Amen? So that you're not afraid to take risks when you're 32. That you actually step into what God's got for you instead of creating a bunch of reasons why you couldn't and expecting your kids to go for it, and you never did. Amen. Amen. All the young people said amen. 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 So I love how David talks about the battles he's already fought. He talks about the lion and how he grabbed him by the whiskers. I don't know what it is about that, but like I wouldn't grab him by the whiskers. Am I right? It just sounds weird. But he grabs him by the whiskers and takes him out. You a bad boy if you grab a lion by the whiskers and take him out. I just want to just say And it wasn't just a lion. He also took down the bear. And he begins to recite how he's taken down these giants. He's already defeated some things in his life. And there are things that you have already fought, things that you have already defeated, that are important for you to remember. Because God has armed you in a way to take down some things that if you're not careful, you won't see how God's armed you. Amen? There are some personalities that God has for people that are going to take down a lion and a bear. Amen? There's a personality, there's a perspective, there is a grit that God gives you to take down your giant. The question is, do you really want to take down your giant? Because what I have found is this, in order to take down my giant, I probably got to change. Amen? Amen? I probably got to change. Because part of me doesn't like fooling with that kind of stuff. I would rather just leave it alone. But if I leave it alone, it's always going to be there. Amen? And so i got to change my personality and say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to act passive. I'm not going to act quiet. I'm going to get in this thing's face and take it down before it takes me down. Can I get an amen? And there are giants in our lives, y'all, that we must conquer. In fact, you can conquer it. Can I tell you that you can conquer your giant, whether it's fear, whether it's insecurity. Follow with me. Maybe it's pride. Maybe there's some immorality. Maybe there are some habits or even some addictions. You can conquer it. Maybe there are some mindsets that you've learned and you're trying to change it, but yet it has such a stronghold on your life. You can conquer it. Do you believe it today? I'm telling you, you're looking at me like I'm talking to a high school school group. This is for you. You can conquer your giants. Now, I want you to think about something. I want you to rewind back. David was anointed to be king of Israel. This was before he goes out there to fight Goliath. But do you know that when David was anointed to be king, it happened at a meeting that he wasn't even invited to. He was left out. All the brothers were there, but he was left out. And so the prophet goes one by one down the list of brothers and say, not him, not him, not him. You got any other sons? And this was their response. Oh, yeah, we got one more. But he's out in the field watching the sheep. Now, if I'm David, I'm a little upset with my family right now. Am I right? I mean, at least go half the meeting and send him one of my brothers out to swap. Somebody's got to watch the sheep, I know. But there was not even a plan. They left him out in the field. We see that when David goes to the battle lines, his brothers taunt him. They make fun of him for being there. They make fun of his interests and being willing to go fight the giant. I'm telling you, there's so much stuff in this story. And in the book of Psalms, chapter 51, David makes a reference about how he was birthed. He was birthed out of his mother's sin. Oh yeah, David threw the rock, cut Goliath's head off, and uh, there's stuff in the story. We look at some of these people sometimes and think, this is incredible, they never had a problem in their life. This is a real life problem. Could it be that David was left out of the family meeting Because he wasn't the son of his father. He goes out to deliver food to his brothers that didn't even invite him to the meeting. So we thought he was going to fight the giant called Goliath. It looks to me like he's going to fight a different giant. It looks to me that in the place that he has to fight this giant to advance into being who God said he could be as king. Come on, I need you to come with me on this. He ran right into the giant that he had been facing all of his life. He ran into this problem that he had internally. Yes, on the outside, he looks great because he killed the lion and he killed the bear. But there was something that was killing him that he had to face. On the way, on the way, the way to go is to conquer your giants. You got to conquer your giants. And so we know David was facing some family issues. And maybe Goliath wasn't really the giant. Maybe it was what he always felt in his life. And you know what I'm talking about? Because we interpret so much of what's happening in life through that thing. Think everybody's out to get us because that one thing that happened to us that one time. And not everyone's out to get us. But it's become a giant perspective in our lives that we have to take down. You can't run from your giant. you got to slay your giant. Is that too aggressive? Here's the third thing. you got to go for who God wants you to be. That's what you got to go for. Parents, the prayer that you need to pray for your kids is this. God, I pray they will become who you want them to be. And not all the things that you think they need to be, because God may be like one-upping you on some things. Amen? Who does God want your kid to be? In fact, who does God want you to be? Verse 39. David says, I can't go in these. Saul was trying to put his armor on David to send him into the battle. And David tried, and he says, I can't go in these. And this tells me that we're going to be tempted to be who others are and do what others do. We're going to try to wear somebody else's armor to fight our battles. Saul wanted David to wear his armor. Now, this is what you need to know. There was fear in that camp. They were so scared they were paralyzed. They wouldn't do anything. So they were more interested in protection than they were in the mission. So they wanted to put him in this armor to send him out there. And I got a feeling that David didn't want to wear the armor because he didn't want the fear to be projected on him. Because he already knew who his protector was. And in all our good intentions, we say so much and try to do so much to protect people. As a parent, we do it. But can I tell you, God's way better at protecting people than we are. In fact, most of us as parents, we would never let our son go to that battle. We would never let them go and fight that giant. We would just try to protect them. We would try to put our armor on them. We would try to put our fear on them. David could try to be like all the other soldiers. But you see, he's already won a bunch of battles as a shepherd. He didn't have to become like them to step into what God had for him. Young people, listen to me. You don't have to become like them. And you know who they are, right? They're the ones that say everything and we don't know but they, we don't know exactly who they are, but we know they are saying stuff. They are the ones who always get in ahead of us. they are the ones that always get the who is they? It doesn't matter who they are. What matters is who you are and who you are becoming. Amen. And see God was writing his story. He was arranging some life events for David to lead him to be who God wanted him to be. Can I tell every person in here today that there's been some really incredible things that you've gone through and some really terrible things that you've gone through. And can I tell you that God's been using all of it to help you to become exactly who he wants you to be and not just who, but how he wants you to be. And I don't know the reason that you had to walk through that or why you had to deal with that, but I can tell you that God can use it. And God can use it to make you. You thought it would break you, but God will use it To make you. Sometimes I wonder what Saul's motivation really was. I wonder by him putting the armor on David, was it really to protect David? Or was it to protect his image as a king? Because if David goes down there wearing all the king's clothes and wearing all the king's armor, everyone from a distance looks and they don't think it's David. They think it's Saul. You're only there because your parents. The only reason they were able to do that is because somebody did them a favor. This is the stuff, y'all. Can you imagine with all the things that David's already faced with his family now to be put in this position where someone, it almost feels like it's trying to sabotage him. And you say, how can you say that, Pastor Wade? How do you know this is happening? Because read the rest of the story after David kills Goliath, Saul become extremely jealous of him. The people begin to chant, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has tens of thousands. And Saul had a hard time with it. And for years, Saul would chase David and try to kill him. Who does God want you to be? It's not what they say. It's what he says. And can I just give you some advice today? Don't live under culture's projections as a person. Don't live under culture's projections as a student. Just because students go to college and they live crazy and make some terrible decisions doesn't mean that you have to do it. Amen. 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 Listen, you don't have to go through catastrophe to get to Jesus. You can go straight to Jesus. Amen. There's a lot of people in this room that's been trying to clean up stuff that they did 20, 30 years ago in college. Trying to clean it up. You don't have to do all that. What, just to be like everybody else? Don't be like everyone else. Be who God wants you to be amen and i say this to adults because we still fall into it we're at work we're trying to talk like everyone else say what everybody else says and we're complaining about the very job that god gave us because everybody else is complaining get in there and be blessed because god opened the door for you to have that place amen quit complaining about the family that you prayed for come on now forgive me for preaching today Here's where I finish. Because some of you you worried about David's protection. Because it's scary to go out there with no protection, David. You can't just throw rocks at everything. David knew who his protector was. And you can read it. 1 Samuel 17, the way he talked. He said this battles for the Lord picked up five smooth stones from a stream and you say how could David be so sure that nothing bad was going to happen to him how could David be so sure he's not going to die well you see what happened was the prophet showed up to have a family meeting that he didn't get invited to Once he went through all the other sons, they realized there's one still left and they brought him in. And the king took the horn of oil and poured it on his head and anointed him and anointed him to be the king. See I believe David defeated his giant that day because this was the day he believed that he could be more than what he ever dreamed. He remembered I'm anointed to be king and I'm not the king yet. So I can't die today because if I die, then God's a liar. Did you hear that? If I die, then God's a liar and God's not a liar. What he said about you is true. The words that he spoke, the word that he spoke, the love that he has for you, the purpose that he has for you, it's true. It endures all time. He was saying it when you're 15, now you're 45. He's still saying it. And he will continue to say it because his word doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's still saying it. He still chooses you, he still has plans for your life. Still does. And at some point, you and I, we got to get out of this place of just trying to fit in with everybody and realize that God didn't call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. Some of the rejection was necessary so that you wouldn't fit in with that group that would sabotage you of everything that God had for you. Some of the things that you walked through, you can't figure out why, but you wouldn't be where you're at today in your walk with God had you not gone through it. You wouldn't know the Lord today if you didn't walk through it. See, the way that David went, it wasn't just a direction, it was building his character, it was development, it was developing him into a man that's going to be a king. He went from being a kid to becoming a king sometimes we just feel like kids just trying to make it work but I want you to know there's a king in you come on ladies there's a queen in you there's somebody that God has for you to be and you trying to figure out who you're going to rule over let's start with your giant let's start with your giant every head bowed every eyes closed you're going to face a giant you're going to face some expectations as a student. You're going to face expectations as a parent, as an employee. You're going to have to face yourself. This morning when I was praying, I just heard the Lord say, tell them to turn their face towards me. Just turn your face toward him. If you're here today and you got a giant that you got to defeat, you know, it's been there for a little while. It's not just the diagnosis. It's not just the disease. It's not just the possible divorce. But you know, there's some things, some giants that you're facing, some insecurities some pride, some fear. No one's in your business. But I want to ask you to take a step today. I want you to stand on your feet. If you got a giant you need to defeat today. Come on. For some of you, it could be a habit, and it might even be an addiction. And I know, I know you've said, Pastor Wade, I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried. And the Bible tells us though a righteous man stumbles. Seven times he gets up again. And you know what you just did? You got up again. You got up again. I want you to lift your hands, those of you who are standing today. Father, you know the giant of every person in here. And I think about David, how he said the battle belongs to the Lord. This day, this day, I will defeat this giant. I pray, Lord, that this will be the day that giants fall in the lives of these men and women. Giants from their childhood that's been standing over them, taunting them since they were a child. The words still ring in their ears, even though the person's gone. Father, today I pray that giant will come down. In the name of Jesus, I pray they will pick up some rocks today and begin to sling them at the giant that's been taunting them and terrorizing them for years and years and years, Father. I pray for strongholds to be broken. I pray for pride to break today in the name of Jesus. Father, today, let this be the day that you raise up sons and daughters that are full of your spirit to take down giants in our land. Not just so they can be free, but freedom for families, freedom for others, that others will experience your power when they defeat their giants. So Lord, today, renew their faith. Renew their strength. Remind them of who you said they are. That they can't go down like this. There's still purpose. There's still purpose. And I pray, God, they will be faithful to the purpose that you have given them. Father, I pray they will not become weary and well-doing. But in due time, I thank you. They will reap a harvest if they do not give up. Thank you, Lord, that you make a way. There is a way to go. There is a way to go. Father, I pray as we go that way, we will go with purpose. We will go and conquer our giants. And we will go and be who you want us to be in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, y'all.